0: Of millennials that we surveyed said that a compelling advertisement would make them trust a brand more. Uh, what they're really interested in use is user generated content, blogs, uh, social networks, where their peers are talking to them, recommending things to them in a very authentic voice. Uh, they choose authenticity over the content itself. So if a if articles aren't written you know that well, I mean you see like BuzzFeed and a lot of those sites be really successful, mm-hmm. um, what they really care about is something that's you know authentic, something that's not spun like you see in the news all the time. They want something that's real. Uh, and, and part of this stems from the fact that they don't really trust they don't really trust authority, you know because okay. politicians, CEOs, companies have you know created the financial crisis and did them wrong. That's why you see in the workplace that they, they talk openly about their salaries. They they really care about equal rights, uh, you know, gender rights, um, you know, uh, you know, gay, gay rights. All of those things are really important to them, and they have, all of those trends are really connected together. Um, and and uh, something that we also found is, despite the thirty billion dollars of inheritance that they are going to be uh, given through their through boomers. Uh, You know, money is not changing their spending habits. They are loyal to brands. Uh, They want brands that, you know, from a food perspective, they want brands that are, you know, really healthy. Uh, That's why a lot of them are eating at Chipotle instead of McDonald's now. You know, fast casual is really taking off. Mm -hmm. Um, Their lives in general have been postponed because of the bad economy. So there's $1.3 trillion in student loan debt. College tuition keeps increasing 2 to 6% a year. Uh, you know, Many of them are still unemployed, underemployed, or have given up on their job search. So that's caused them to purchase a car uh, or a house or get married and have children later. Um, they don't believe they're going to get Social Security. Um, they review blogs before making a purchase. They review websites before making a purchase, like Yelp, uh, where they get ratings. Um, And they are somewhat price conscious in the fact that, you know, if you have a brick-and-mortar store and you're charging more than uh, it would cost them online, they're going to buy it online. Uh, And so you really have to be really uh, smart about how you price things because if they can get it cheaper online, they will.
1: Yeah, I often find myself, since I'm a millennial, and I know you are too, I often find myself, um, if I'm in Target, I'll scan the barcode with the Amazon app and see if it's cheaper on Amazon instead of the store. So I think being so hooked on technology and just kind of growing up with technology has really shaped the way that millennials spend money and even utilize their free time.
0: Yeah, so uh, in terms of what social networks they access, personally and professionally, it's Facebook is number one. Um, If you think about teenagers or Gen Z, um number one is Facebook, but then it, it really changes and they really prioritize Instagram and Snapchat. Uh so that's why you see Facebook since they own Instagram but they want to buy Snapchat because that's you know worth billions of dollars now. I think mm-hmm. it's like fourteen, fourteen billion or so. And so that's why they wanna acquire them because that's the that's the next one that can, you know, be competitive towards them. Um they're using multiple devices wherever they are, you know, they're Usually, if you see an article written about them, it's all about bring your own device. So they, they bring their devices wherever they want in the workplace, outside the workplace. Um, they're using multiple devices at the same time. So we found that 87% of millennials use between two and three tech devices at least once on a daily basis. So you wow. know they, they all sit on the couch, but they'll be on their iPad. They'll be maybe texting, and they'll be watching maybe TV. A lot of them are cutting the cord, and that's why you're seeing... Uh, Netflix and Hulu uh, and other subscription-based services that are cheap uh, but have a lot of content take off. Uh, AOL is getting in the game. Yahoo is getting in the game. They announced in the past few weeks with their own their own TV their own kind of TV shows. Um, so that's the HBO, Go. All of those are, are really taking off. It's because low cost, high quality content that millennials like that that appeals to them. Um, and so you know if you're you know, in uh, the mainstream media, you should be scared right now because their preferences are changing and you have to adjust your model and, and what you deliver because they're the largest generation in America uh, at 80 million.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a significant impact on our society and the trends today. Do you think that being a millennial yourself has given you an, a unique insight into this market?
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people who cover the market are older generations. And being a millennial, you know, I get to kind of be the intermediary between brands and millennials. And so from a kind of career and support um, standpoint, I help them succeed. And then from a kind of business and marketing standpoint, I help companies better appeal to them from a recruiting standpoint and a consumer standpoint. And so being in between, it gives me this really good perspective on where the disconnects are.
1: Yeah, good point. So what do you think are three areas that businesses who are looking to target this powerful, you know, generation, um, what What are three areas or strategies that you think would help them?
0: Number one, you have to be a content company, and I'm sure you've covered this before. Okay. Every brand yes. needs to kind of, you look at Coca-Cola's website, it's basically a blog at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Microsoft, IBM, a lot of, a lot of, you know, the tech companies are doing it. Um, but, you know, every company in the future will have to be producing content in order to better appeal to millennials. Uh, this is the rise in, um, you know, paid content uh, because instead of banner ads, they don't look to the right to see banner ads, but if you write good content that doesn't look like it's there's too much spin in it and that it's not too contrived, then that's going to appeal to them. So, you know, that's why a lot of journalists now are working for, you know, big companies because they have the skills, but there's no, there's there's fewer jobs at newspapers anymore, but more jobs producing content at companies. So that's kind of, you graduate from journalism school and, oh, wow, you're like working for, you know, Pepsi. So that's a huge changeover, but we're going to see more and more of that as there's more pressure on companies to compete um, and create enough good content and volume of content uh, that's part of it, and I think the other thing that's scary to brands is, you know, it's like we're living through the humanization of brands. Whereas, you know, uh, consumers, especially millennials, not only expect brands to be on social networks, mm-hmm. but to uh, actually be there to interact with them, and that's that relationship is is really important. And you see, I mean, there's so many brands that you've probably heard of from time and time again, like Comcast cares. There's a lot of great examples, um, but basically every company has to start doing this because. You know, they want to, you know, much like all generations, they want to buy from people they know, like, and trust, but taking that, take that into the digital world, and they want, you know, to see that a company is actually engaging in them um, because it shows they care.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I know you had mentioned BuzzFeed earlier as a good example of uh, user-generated content and content that's almost advertising but done in a way that appeals to millennials. I know that there's tons of articles on BuzzFeed that I have loved, and they've actually been from a brand sponsor. Are there any other um, content platforms or companies specifically besides BuzzFeed or Coke that you think we could learn from as organizations or brands?
0: I think one of them is Zappos, and it gets talked a lot about a lot, but it doesn't get talked about in the way that I, I look at it, and the fact that... Uh, you can't just apply for a job at Zappos. They have a, a community where, you know, if you're passionate enough to contribute to the community, then you you, you become an applicant and you might get an interview. Uh, and that that com- completely shifts the whole recruiting paradigm. Um, and so it's it's almost like communities are the new way to find the right people to either sell to hmm. or to hire. Um, and the other thing that people need to understand is. If, and there's research to show this, if if millennials have a bad experience with your company, especially the recruiting system, like, you know, they always complain that they didn't hear back from a company, mm-hmm. um, then they're more likely to complain about the company. And now with all these tools, you know, the average millennial has at least 700 friends on Facebook, and they have all these tools to amplify their voice. And uh, if they are complaining on Facebook, it goes to all their friends, and this can actually really damage a brand. So there's more pressure now on brands than ever before to... Uh, create better experiences for millennials and just consumers overall. Because if if there's um, you know if if there's a broke uh, uh, a break in experience and people are unsatisfied, there's so many places for them to complain now, and that can really tear down a brand over time. Especially with so much competition, it gives other brands the leg up to have a chance at kind of breaking through and grow. It's we're really living through a time where David can take on Goliath in a whole new world because. You know, if you're small, you don't have the baggage of these big companies who have all these processes in place that are really hard to change because leadership is still, you know, baby boomers and they were raised in a different time period. And because, you know, because, um, you know, every year there's all this new technology, I mean, a lot of these big companies can't keep up and and they view it as too risky to, to experiment with these technologies. So these smaller companies keep growing, growing, growing. And, I mean, you'll see in the next, you know, 20, 30 years... That the Fortune 500 will look completely different, and that's because of the speed of how technology um, is transforming the consumer experience, uh, as well as the um, way in which people get hired and move around, hired and move around companies.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think you know millennials have so much power because, like you said, they have they're active on so many platforms, and it's just part of their daily life. And so, kind of going into that and switching gears a little bit. You know, there's another side of millennials being online um, that's different from them as a consumer. It's them as a professional and kind of branding themselves online, um, which I know is another thing that you talk about a lot. Uh, Why do you think it's so important, you know, in this day and age for a millennial to brand themselves online?
0: Uh, I mean more so than ever before, because think of how much content that gets published each day. there's you know like one point six billion people on Facebook, there's hundreds of billions of people on LinkedIn and Twitter, and it's really hard to stand out and the mm-hmm. only way to really stand out is to develop your own brand. That's what i did i didn't I didn't set out to become a personal branding expert. I set out to become the personal branding expert for millennials mm-hmm. and that helped me gain enough visibility that I could help everyone with personal branding um and i do i've done the same thing with everything so you know um there was no one who was not millennial talking about millennials and so that's that was my second niche right and so uh-huh. i always try and think of um niches where i can kind of be one the one of one um and the more the more you really focus on a specific skill set or topic for a specific audience the more you'll be able to break through and develop an audience and be able to monetize and make a living um you know, they always say like riches are niches, and that's part of the idea with personal branding is you know, pick your niche, become the go-to pers- person in that niche and make sure you're really passionate about it so you put enough work in. You know, I I mean I used to blog ten to twelve times a week on top of a full time job. I started a magazine, I was doing a million things around personal branding. Yeah. Um because I really liked it. And if I didn't get paid, I would have still probably done it. And so You really need to have that passion and excitement about something to put enough work in to build a large enough audience. I went from having zero readers for a whole year yet writing for zero readers 10 to 12 times a week, and then I turned that into 1,000 readers and then 20,000 readers. So, you know, you have to really be be in it for the long term because you're only going to receive benefits uh, from uh, good decisions every single day.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's really good advice. Instead of trying to get well known in a wide industry, just focus on something super specific. And that's going to help you become more visible because it's probably less competitive then as well. Um, so I know that you also are a contributor at Forbes, and then you also have advised different businesses through your consulting work. Has do you think that you know the businesses you've helped, and then your writing that's gone beyond your blog? Do you think that that's something everyone should look to do when it comes to personal branding, like to get published on other platforms besides their own website?
0: The only there's only one reason why I say yes. And that's because it's it protects you. Hmm. You know, it, it is um, the new age currency that enables you to better move from one position to the next. So if all you do is work at one company, you don't have enough leverage. But yeah. if you do other things on the side, it creates new connections for you. The whole point of personal branding is to, you know, generate interest around things that you like so that you can parlay those into opportunities through networking. Yeah. So most people are like, oh, just you know, publish content, become an expert, etc. The idea with doing that is creating content allows you to have talking points with uh, people you're either trying to sell to, network with, partner with, etc. So by doing that, you're creating new pieces of conversation that link you to new opportunities. That's the core foundation of what I realized from the get-go. Uh, because I was... When I was in school, I was afraid to network because I felt it came off the wrong way of, you know, give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. And then once social media, I attached myself to social media in 2006, I immediately realized, wow, this is my chance as an introvert to be able to use content to drive conversation which will enable me to build a network online that I can leverage to meet people in person and then create new opportunities out of that.
1: Yeah, and I think too, you know, casting a wide as net as you can is when it comes to being visible in several different places. It also kind of helps with job security. I mean, if all the work you've ever done has been on one website and then you get fired from that website, you're kind of lost. So I definitely agree that being visible, as visible as you can in several different platforms is going to help your branding a lot.
0: Exactly. But again, you don't want to join a million networks. You know why? Because then you've got to manage them all. So got to, got to, it's better to start off with fewer networks that you can put more time into because you'll get more out of them rather than spread yourself too thin.
1: Yeah, it's probably qu- uh, quality over quantity, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. So obviously you want to be on the big networks, but then mm-hmm. you know, if there's one that uh, is more related to your community and the, the audience you want to target, then that could be another good one for you.
1: So kind of, you know, wrapping it up today, I think it'd be really helpful for our audience. I think the idea of personal branding is kind of overwhelming. Is there any, I mean, besides being active on social, are there any, you know, tips you have for people to get started when it comes to increasing their visibility online or their own personal branding efforts?
0: In many ways, being active on social media is the easy part. The hard part is everything that comes beforehand. It's doing research, figuring out a niche where there's not too much competition, where you have some skills in, and then doing as much research and homework on that type of topic or skill as possible so you can eventually become the best for that specific audience. Uh, and then and then acquiring the, the skill set you know, by doing the work, whether you're freelancing or working for a company uh creating a website and putting it all in creating your story that shows you know where you've been where you're going and where you are right now and where you're going uh is really important because that's really what you're doing when you you know meet new people is you're telling your story and so if you have a good story and uh you can really connect with you know the right people that can help you
1: yeah good good advice so Dan, thank you so much for joining us. And again, uh, this is Kelsey Jones, executive editor of Search Engine Journal, and Dan Shabel, founder of WorkplaceTrends.com. Thanks, Dan.
0: Thank you. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at SearchEngineJournal.com.